Roy helped Octopus Octopus Pussy Underground. Uh, Pussy Underground. Better. That's better. Pussy Underwear. That's better. I'm killing it. Uh, all right. So we're going to go play. Do you, do you need to do the computer now, Let's Paul? Tweet that out. Man. All right. So why don't we have Paul do the countdown for us? Oh, Paul's here. Great. Hey, Paul. Carl. What's happening, buddy? Hey, what's happening, my man? All right. Here we go, folks. Get your finger a hovering and want to do a countdown. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I I'm Mike's friend. My turn ons are satin sheets. I love to pee outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Oh, that's delightful. Remember that acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Only way you can find our podcast. It stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. And we have a guest. We have a special guest. He's going to be our countdown king for the show, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Spiegelman. Hi, brother. Thank you very much. Hey, my brother, Michael. My other brother, mother. <laughs> we loved you being on, you know, when it was the Montclair one, and we loved being on your podcast, and then oh, when yeah. we fused them together, we just said, let's bring him back for a countdown. Thanks need, for playing uh, part of my podcast game. on yours, Lefty. Well, uh, yeah, if you had a chance to listen to our episode, Sir Billy, two weeks ago, uh, Carl adeptly edited uh, parts of the podcast Adam did. Adam is an inspiration for the show. His show is called Proudly Resents. It has a great catalog of interviews and movie uh, buffs and rebuffs. And you would check out his cult movies, Proudly Resents. And we have uh, Adam here for, to be our countdown king for our movie. As you can tell from our premise, L stands for let's, W stands for watch, A stands for A, F stands for full. There's a hyphen, which is not indicated in the acronym. L stands for length, M stands for movies, O stands for on. Y stands for you, and T stands for tube, YouTube. So we're going to watch this movie. We want you to listen to our podcast, be part of us, and also watch this movie at the same time. And you can listen to us by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, on your podcast, on your YouTube service, on your Twitter, sir, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. The Waffle. The Waffle of Yay. Uh, and also, uh, we're on Facebook at Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. We do stream first every Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our good friends, Good Time Radio, radio.fm. Here's our sponsorship. Go to Venmo, throw some bucks to Meet at Meet Radio. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks for doing that. Carl. Okay, just quickly, if you go to proudlyresents.com slash let's, it'll bring you right to your website. Perfect. Oh. So there's an excuse to go to proudlyresents.com. Slash let's. That goes right yeah. to you. It won't yeah, go to it me at right all. To us. 
It just yeah, makes me Adam gets a nickel every time. <laughs> I, get yeah, the nickel. I look at the pretty link stats and I go, oh my god, it's ten people. Uh, no, you get a lot of clicks. Then um, something else. I, I oh your book, Mike. You have a book. You should plug it. I get so many links to that. So many clicks to your book. I don't know if you sold any. Yeah, a lot of people don't know of a, of a published author, published on Scrib, the Mike Spiegelman joke book. It's still oh. available. Yeah, I gave plenty of pages, but if you want the full thing, it's ninety nine cents, and I should check it. I didn't realize I was getting so many links. Clicks. Like a, like literally like a thousand people are clicking over there. So you must have made at least four cents. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. That's twenty sixteen money. Too, How do so I find that? Do I go to proudly resent? Mike, I think it's probably presents.com slash book or slash Mike. Yeah. Let's, let's make uh, I'll look for what you guys talk about. Sorry, I don't want to nominate. Oh, no problem. The guru. Carl, what's the movie this week? Today we are watching Bawana Devil, 1952. Bawana, watch it. It's B-W-A-N-A, then okay. Devil, 1952. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. And the channel we like. But want to know which one? It is Oscar Perez, and that's very familiar. Oh, oh yeah? You might well, know someone named Oscar and someone named Perez? <laughs> I mean, on our show, I think we might have been here before. I don't know. He only has 10 oh, subscribers. He only has 10 subscribers. Well, we better, I'm going to subscribe right now. There, he's, that's so much better. Yeah. Clearly our, you know, level, you know. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to watch the Devil, 1952. So go ahead and click that MVWANA Devil, 1952, Robert Stack, full-length adventure movie. And that is on our good friend's newly subscribed channel, Oscar Perez. Go ahead and click the link, hit pause immediately, let it buffer, move the timer to 000, hover that uh, mouse button over the triangle for our get ready, ladies and gentlemen, for the Countdown King himself, Adam Spiegelman. Three. Two, one, go! We are off. This is a three three dimension. Yeah, this is a three D movie, and we won't be watching it in three D. Look how it looks that way, though. Yeah, it looks like a claymation. Well, I'm expecting Gumby to show up. <laughs> All you'll hear the whole way through is that terrible. Uh oh. Yeah. Problematic, Carl. There we go. Okay, see how they hint at the 3D, okay? Now, yeah. our cut doesn't – if you put on glasses, it wouldn't work. You don't see any out-of-focus, blurry stuff with bright colors here. But this was the first movie in the U.S. that, like, brought 3D back. Um, TV killed movies, killed movies. People were like, why do I need to go out? They just kicked back and, you know. <laughs> And they they were looking for something really desperately to uh, bring people back. Well, didn't the theater offer uh, the movie theaters in 1951 had check out our manager's finger sequencing? Like, can't even, see that on Dubai Channel. Come on down. I'll watch it for everyone. <laughs> even that was not enough of a draw. Is, is this movie is still frozen, or is it just? Oh, here we go. Oh <laughs> yeah. You gotta you gotta memorize who made you don't this. You have to read all of them in real time. I guess there's no pause <laughs> button back then, so they wanted to make sure you saw all of it. <laughs> they were being considerate for the guy in the audience going, uh, associate producer. Who's Dennis, a gaffer? 
Yeah, for <laughs> ML Gunsberg. Oh, is that a made-up name? ML Gunsberg. Gunsberg, yeah. Is that a woman? And they just didn't want to give a woman a title. Not a chance to name to put guns. City of uh, guns. In the Pluto. And California. This is actually you're very close, Congo. It, well, not really. It's Uganda, which is like the Serengeti, where, where all the like stereotype animals of Africa come from. All like right. the I'll giraffe and you know the gazelle and the lion. Well, who's the Bawana devil? Is it one of the animals you mentioned? It's like a, a, a gazelle going to show up and they're like, ah, a I gazelle 3D. I have no idea what this it means. This is a true Bawana. story told to me in Africa. Go it on, is a on. true story. Um, true. They were called the Savo Maneaters. It's a well-known historic event. And they were building a railroad in Uganda. And these two lions were man-eaters that just came every night and fed. Really? You remember Ghost in the Darkness? Uh, Oh, sure, with Michael Douglas and Val yeah, Kilmer. It's the same. Right, it's the same. I'll kill me some lions. <laughs> so he goes off to shoot some lions? Is that the Yeah, he killed more. They go kill bad? more. Kill more. Okay. This is boring. We're meeting uh Well, this is boring. Why <laughs> <laughs> <I> start now? <laughs> oh, our show got this. Well, that's it. That's the last of our show. We're done. <laughs> this is fascinating in 3D. Like it looks like they're really walking around. Watch what you watch what you do with those pills, pops. Those pills are from malaria, and he goes, "The African malaria is nothing to fool around with." And so the British guy's like, "I'll have you know, I got this malaria in India." Oh yeah, the other I'm colony. Important. Like malaria before it was cool. Basically, what he's saying is he's pissed off that the workers have a holiday today, and these they need to go. And let's get going. We're building a railroad. Okay. It's Arbor Day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Today, now we will learn that um, the our hero, uh, who who it's like drunk on a train. He doesn't give a shit about his job, and he's going to be sloshed. Carl, look out. The train's coming right at you. Whoa. And it's on time. Whoa. <laughs> well, that's the way it worked back in 1898. Now, his name is Whoa. Hayward, Robert Hayward. And he's his father-in-law, like, oh, is the big money man. That's how he got right. his job, you know. And is he Robert Stack? Where's Robert Stack? Yes, he's Robert Stack. Robert Stack he's... With me. He's on oh, the train. Uh, here's your mail, and he throws it in the air. They're like, "This is outrageous! This puppycock and pulls it down." Look for me. Off to the next town. Oh, oh yeah, no, there's a really love connection like... over here. How are you, man? How are you, man? You don't call. I don't have a phone. Petting the monkey doesn't mean anything. <laughs> 
What he's saying right now is my father-in-law sucks and you're a pompous boss major and Yeah, it's sweet. Right. Right. Now, I think that this is a David uh, Niven cameo. Okay. There he is. David. Go ahead and talk. Jack Warden. Um, David Niven. He's the no. original Pink Panther. Uh, you hear that voice, that distinctive, the unsolved mysteries voice, you know? Of uh, Robert Stack. Yeah. Is he in this? Yeah, that's him right there. I think I'm He's drunk. There He's acting, it is. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I didn't realize that. That is Robert Stack. Robert With Stack. 15% or more on car insurance. Not this battery. Mystery. How did they get me in this movie? Well, at this point in his career, he had done a bunch of top-notch A movies. And this is a B movie. But it was a B movie with a plan. We'll bring 3D. And they, it worked. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. People were like, let's watch Uncle uh, Milty. Well, that sounds great, but that's on Thursday. It's Tuesday. What should we do? Well, there's a 3D movie. Okay. That's to get us off our seats. That's a good point, Mike. There was like four TV shows at the time. So you can't blame just TV and people like going. Because it's seven nights that. a week. Four television yeah. shows a week. You know, what are you going to do? Killing Eve is on Wednesdays. Then you got the weekend. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> judging oh, Amy. Okay, I watched Judging Amy. Yeah. <laughs> so this 3D thing has really helped movie theaters now. I mean, right? Is that. How are they doing now? Uh, today, Crap. they tried to do 3D again, and it was a little more modern, but the thing is, it didn't work out, as you know. You absolutely can go, I, I think I saw Avatar in 3D, I saw... Oh, that was 3D. awesome! That was so good. And I saw it in IMAX 3D. Oh, really that is showing off. Yeah. I saw bootleg coffee at uh, Uncle Boy's pizza, uh, hamburger. Why? Because it was playing, you know, I was waiting for the story. Food. Okay, it wasn't, now it wasn't we're learning. I just have to tell you a plot point. Now oh. we're learning there's a work stoppage, and boy, David Niven is pissed off. And it's because there's lions. Like Bobby Cock, Boulder Dash. So David Niven, <laughs> so he freaks out. So then Robert Stack comes up and is like, Great, a lion, I'll shoot it. And he's like, Go get my gun. He's still drunk. Look at America. You'll frighten the workers. Okay. Now, I understand this movie is in 3D, but do you think in 1952 people were like, I can't wait to see a great colony film? I just want to see like white guys shooting lions in Africa. Yeah, is there any colonial movies this week? It's in 3D. Oh, experimental movies be damned. I can't wait to see a good colonial film. Now, in the background, there's all this gun shooting because he's out there shooting crazy at lions, right? So, surround sound would have been perfect. Here he is. One, He's back. One, uh, I'm going to zoom in. I can't take my nose while watching. Sorry, guys. Go on, Mike. Oh, no. It's just, you know, they. this was in mono, but it was in 3D. You yeah. know, baby steps. <laughs> right. He says to him, did you shoot the lion, laddie? And he goes, I think I shot one of the rings off Mars. 
a Saturn. Listen to his voice. He's so he's a cowboy. He's sick of it. He's amusing the boys in the hut. Colonial Club. What's his deal anyway? He just came into town on a train and he's just like, what? <laughs> Fuck yeah, lion. No, no. He's the second in command there. You see, he is getting married and he needed a job. And so Mr. Conway arranged for him to go to Africa and lead workers' part. Like the one guy's the project manager and he's second in charge. And they've done 200 miles so far. So far, so good. David They're building railroad tracks. It is David Niven. So yeah. what exactly do they do out there? Well, they imported these workers from India. They call them the Hindus. And they do the work. And mm. basically, Robert Stack goes, mush, <laughs> mush with a whip. Not literally <laughs> with a whip, but I mean, you'll see. He's like, yeah, he, go, he likes the idea. Yeah. He was very pro to human trafficking throughout his career, Robert Stack. Put the girl in the trunk. Okay, you remember the woman who got <laughs> That's off the, the first train? rule. Remember the woman who got off the train? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he was selling it, her to them as a cook. I found this cook. We got this cook. And they, the two of them were like, yeah, wink, wink, yeah. So I guess it was like his, he brought his side piece home or something. But she's run away off into the bush. Oh, really? What are they well, going to eat for breakfast? I don't know the backstory, Mikey. He's like, oh, this is my woman. And they're like, okay, sure, sure, sure. You're right. We have lots of lady sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inner lady oh, party. Yeah, I know, yeah, he wasn't sure. that kind of a... He wasn't a beard. No. <laughs> <laughs> the sex is so good, she cleans up after me. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now oh, my God, this the trade major... is going backwards towards me. It, has, it can only go backwards, you see. They don't have the track complete. So he will go the whole way backwards. Mm. Now, he's going back to Mombasa to send a letter about how crappy the son-in-law, Bob Hayward, is, his uh, Robert Stack. And Robert Stack's having a laugh right now because he's telling the cook that he doesn't have enough wood to get to Mombasa, and he's going to be chopping wood in the jungle. Oh, good for him. And the hunting line. I think he's got that line hunting look. Oh. You're not even listening to me. You're thinking about hunting a lion, aren't you? No, nonsense. Go ahead. You're you're talking something about uh, gathering wood. Now at this point. No, no, you're point, figuring your gut. At this point, they do not believe in any lions. One time, you know, we're stopping work, there's a lion, and he went out shooting all night. They don't really believe. So now he tells him that the cook ran away into the bush, and this guy's like, the men want to talk. And now for the first time, we're going to get pushback that there's a man-eating lion. But one of the devil. So Robert Stack says one of the, to one of the Indians, he goes, you're lying. He goes, I, I know lion. It's the lion. I mean, you're not being I truthful. I don't you're not that is not a that is not a line written in nineteen fifty two. I'm breaking that up. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lion. I know the lion. 
You're not being truthful. Oh, that. You're lying. Bang. Well, I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. So now he's saying our contract didn't include a man-eating lion. What were they expecting? Like good, good quality uh, life doing this shit? Right. Oh, it's a lion. Throw that in. Come on, it's a lion. They're adorable. So basically, they conclude. All right, we'll do a stakeout tonight. And he goes here. This guy here, he's a lion killer. He's he's our best lion killer man. He go with you. So Adam missed my lion joke. No, I heard it. Just oh. Oh, okay. a lion there. Oh, <laughs> he heard that. Wanted to give it a pause. Oh. No pause. He heard that joke a, a block away from the feeding the meter. It wasn't the front one, but it was the main one. Ah. Oh, grumble, growl. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, this is Angus. His accent is great. Is he British? He's Scottish. Huh. These are, uh, this is the British colonies, not the Scottish colonies. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Leave. So he's like, Angus, you better sit this out. Uh, you know, the line's going to be dangerous. He goes, oh, I came here for an adventure. There's no way. Oh, see the monkey. Okay, so now, uh, like, there's no lion. Then this guy's going to go, right. come quick, come quick. And we're going to find the dead cook. Oh, no. She's dead? Eaten. What? How ironic. He ate, the lion ate the chef? The lion... <laughs> well, they didn't. Yeah, she was famous in in uh, Mombasa for serving lions. She was. Yeah, wow, right. she served basically. plenty of lions. Well, so, you know, the lions actually ate the uh, manicurist. And they're like, this, ugh, oh, gross. Ugh. Ugh. Let's try like a cook next time. <laughs> they they, they uh, ate. What's ironic is they ate the cook rare, raw. Okay. Uh -huh. It's like cook sushi. Now, look at Robert Sack. He's freaked out. And he's like, could this be the the African tribe, you know? And he goes, bloody, he bits through her head, her skull. He, Sack came, he came over there saying, listen, buddy, my father-in-law got me this job. And I want you to meet this uh, piece cook. The line he's cook, and he's like, damn, I was going to. Uh, no disrespect, fellas. I was going to bang that cook. No disrespect. I was going to bang. Okay, no so they're all waiting for the train so that they can go home. And Robert Jack's like, get back to work. And he like beats them into it. I can really it. feel, I can really feel like I'm waiting for the bus in this 3D scene. Uh, no, that was a car. Oh, no, that was a loud car. So here he is, like, this is what I meant, like, cracking the whip. Oh, yeah. He just watches them, like, okay, everyone, pretend you're digging. Pretend you're digging. 
Oh, I'm sure the studio is like, dig, dig, we need it for the next movie. We're doing a World War One movie in two days. Now, for the first time, we're going to see the lions. And what we're going to see, Mike, is the tamest lions you have ever They're cute, cuddly little. What dimension? Lions? Are we going to see this cuddly? Yeah. Oh, in three dimensions. In three dimensions. All right, yeah. Well, that's that's adorable. That's what I got my... They give hugs. You know, they purr. They're really nice. You're saying the Boana Devil is like the Gazuki of monsters, of like lions. This adorable little uh, beast. That's right. You'll see. Okay, so here we're pretending we're on Lion Stakeout. Uh-huh. Now, they think there's only one lion, but there's two, and they don't know it. Oh, look, here he is. Bimba! Oh, well, listen, I got to take my... I got to take my glasses off. This is way too intense for me. Oh, they're pointing oh, no. friendship sticks at me. Now, you know, one of the reasons why I picked this movie is that it's available on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. in, in 2D. But it, right. they have a lot of 3D movies. This one is always quoted in history books. Yeah. And I just never seen it before. We did do, we did do a Uh-huh. It revised the original western, which was a spaghetti western that was used in theaters in the eighties. Eighty-three. So that's kind of late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you had like dark three D, hunting, bones. Interesting. Well, it sounds sci-fi to me. So the lion ate him. Like this is somebody else. They were on stakeout. The lion was in front of them, but they didn't know there was a second lion. And the lion ate from him from behind. And so Robert Stack was like, "Bury him, so no one will know." Now they're like lion provisioning the camp. It kind of makes no sense because he buried the body, and they're not supposed to know about the lion. They're lion proofing. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's season. Now, here comes our cameo, Peter Sellers. You keep saying that. Is that really Peter Sellers? No. It's like David Niven. This is Mr. Commissioner. Uh, oh, by the way, everybody in this film is dead. Everybody. <coughs> no. <laughs> now, look, there's, there's the one... No, go through the thing. They all have from this year to this year on all of the cast. And there is a young boy who I don't know who he is. He might be alive, but he would be a very old man. Right. Old man McGinty. Uh. There he is. Uh, Peter Sellers. Here's the He was making scones because I am a stereotype, you know. Sometimes I get a vibe of uh, the skipper off of him. So he's about to piss off Robert Stack because he goes, what's all this lion nonsense? And he's like, nonsense, you want me to show you the bodies? He gets mad. 
<coughs> look at that. That's Peter Sellers. Take a look, Mike. See? Ah, uh, makes me miss the Boy Scouts. What did I miss, Carl? What? Did I miss? What did you miss? Nothing. Yeah. Look. Okay. So right now he's saying like he's angry that he calls him nonsense, and he and tells him that that major, you know, who's going to rat on him to his father-in-law, he died. He got bit by a scorpion. Oh. And he's dead. Robert Stack feels no guilt to that, like, maybe it was him being, leaving him in the bush with uh, not enough wood to get home, you know? Right. Oh, so he blames himself? No, he does not. And I think he ought to give two seconds to think about that. So, Peter Sellers claims that he's got 15 years experience with lions. So they're going to lay in wait tonight with the trap. They're going to bait the trap with the goat. The lion will go into each goat. They'll close it and shoot. Now, we saw this in Killdozer, right? They put a sacrificial goat, and then Killdozer uh, grides over it. It was in Jurassic Park, too, right? He's a goat. Yeah, I, I was worshiping Satan the other day. They were, we were using a goat. Weird. Yeah. That really get you know, the abuse. When it really <laughs> gets really my Okay, so the guy that did this, right? It's a B movie. His name is Arch O'Baller. Arch O'Baller. And he was prolific. Uh, playwright, screenwriter, novelist, producer, director, actor in films, radio, especially theater and television, everything. And he, much attention with his radio scripts. He got Mae West banned once. Uh, horror series, blah, blah, blah. He was one of those kind of people you either loved him or hated him was liked or not liked. He was the one who overheard this guy, this camera crew, talking about 3D filming. He followed it up. Uh, he knew it was like a ticket to fame, ticket to riches, and it worked. Weird. Why is he polarizing? What exactly does he polarize? Well, it was a very turbulent time. FDR was for the people, and, you know, Taft. It was definitely, it was polarizing. He was a Taft man? He was definitely for the rich, yes. He oh, was yeah. a Taft man. So he's for the colonists, is what you're saying in this movie. He's rooting for those guys. Yes. Now you see Peter Sellers' cameo, actually. Really Peter Sellers? Yes. Really wow. Peter Sellers. He was seven. It's not. <laughs> Whoa. So Peter Sellers is all proud of himself. He's like, I bagged me a lion, laddie. And it turns out to be a hyena. Joke's on him. Look who's laughing. Whoa, there's a hyena. Well, I knew I knew him when he cleaned up, Subarina. Hyena? He wasn't hyena. Hi, What is this guy doing? Uh, okay, this is the cutest, most adorable lion. He's looking for a knife. Look, you see, he gave him a nice hug. Oh, Thank no. You. Thank you for the hug. That lion totally hugged that guy. Yeah, yeah it's so lucky that other 
And now <laughs> Robert Stack is very upset that he was he hugged him to death, that lion. Very upset. That's right. Okay. okay. So Peter Sellers is like, well, I'm off. And he tells him that he's going to report again to the father-in-law. This is a different person. But this guy is a bomb. Uh, he needs to replace him. Um, uh, so, can I just say, Carl, this movie is why people wanted to watch TV. <laughs> he help. stayed in that night. Oh, my God. What, test pattern? Let's do it. Oh, my God. Is that Felix the Cat in 3D? There. Done. I'll watch that. Well, the lion ate one of the people. I got to go. Yeah, that's uh, really good. You know, as old saying my father had, when the animals start eating you, get the fuck out. Like, All right, get leaving. <laughs> when luck. the tough get eaten, the tough get leaving. <laughs> Thanks for color coordinating, everybody. <laughs> yeah. They are all color. from India, and that was their garb. Apparently, some of this is authentic in that lightest sense. Also, uh, Obama went to Africa in 1948, and a guy who was with there was shooting all sorts of footage of native dancing and animals and that is the footage we'll see throughout this film his buddy's stock footage and it's very obvious that it's not the same it was filmed in 16 millimeter and of course this is filmed in 35 with the double cameras and all of the whammy jammies that go along with it wow you could really see him stare into space 3d is good now, it's basically we're having a scene of self-reflection, commissioners back to Mombasa to get help. but And so Robert Stack is like, I'm going to wait in the field tonight on my lonesome. Let him come for me. <laughs> so he's mad. Yeah. Do we meet his fiance? Does she oh, come by yeah. and you're like, no, bro. Yeah, we're oh, going to meet him. Daddy says, don't attack that lion. <laughs> right. I don't care what my father-in-law tells me. That's right. Roll oh, look at that. Yeah. Get out of here, shovel. Now, this guy would be, uh, he would go on to be in The Untouchables. That was his big TV show. The, the TV show. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Yes, and, and then, right. Commercials. What commercials was he in? I keep thinking The Battery. The guy with the chip. Go ahead, knock it out. Uh, no, no, that. Yeah, that oh was Black Sheep Squadron guy. Um, yeah, yeah, Black Sheep Squadron. Oh, 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 oh. there's a line I can hug me to death. <laughs> it's oh. the morning, and basically it's like, where is Robert Stack? It'll be a little like, ah, oh, thing, and then it'll be fine. Uh, Robert Stack was in the Navy in World War II, an aerial gunnery officer. Uh, yeah, Elliot Ness in um, The Untouchables. Okay. He had a relaunch. He had his career and it kind of started to go away. And then in that movie 1941, they called him into service. And after that, he was in because he was being a comedian then, something he'd never done before. It was an airplane. Right. Oh, right. He was an airplane, 1980. And then he was in, you know, Joe versus the Volcano, Caddyshack 2, Beavis and Butthead to America, Base Basketball. Uh, all the hits. All the hits. Now, you know, I, I've written this before. There was an interview with Robert, uh, Ernest Borgnine. 
uh, an AV club, and he said that basketball was his least favorite movie, and he thought those guys were idiots. Yeah, I, I, that makes total sense. Makes total sense. There's a great club where um, Ernest Borgnine is on Fox News, and he's uh, Fox and Friends, and he's saying something like, you know, my wife likes what I do. And they go, well, we don't want you to say it. And then he whispers it to the guy, but the guy has a microphone on, yeah. so you can hear him fully saying. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. And the, you know, the host is like, please stop. The only other thing about Robert Stack, he had a run on Falcon Crest. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so Yeah, these are all familiar roles. I just keep thinking I know him from commercials. No, he was in a lot of commercials. I just didn't do the research on that. It seemed like he seemed okay. uh, well like because hotels. I was expecting the internet would tell me that this was the voice on the Geico commercial, and right. so I found all his commercials he did, and I went through them and stuff. And I, this is the old footage, nineteen forty-eight. You're going to see a lot of African stuff. Now, is that in two D? Yes, but they still put the colors in. It's it's not very. The internet claims that the old footage is hacked on and the 3D stuff is fake. So, it, not fake, it just looks cheap. Like, uh, there's a 3D in which you only do the colors, and then there's the 3D where right. you have the two cameras. And, you know, they can only do the colors. My, my favorite or my least favorite part of 3D movies are the last 10 minutes, right? They're like, do you remember this? <laughs> you remember this? <laughs> you got 10 more minutes before the credits. There's more. Look at that fake footage, huh? Whoa. They look hungry, those hippos. But, you, <laughs> but you'll see he'll, like, shoot at one and fall off his canoe. You see how they fake it? Uh -huh. He's in front of a screen, a movie screen. Yeah, and then suddenly there's a beach ball kind of in his way. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Gators. But that never pays off. He just gets to the shore. You. But why? Why not do it? You've got the alligators. They're going in the water. Just have a scene where he's like, thrash, thrash. Whoa, I made it to safety. Yeah, this just throw a couple of gators into the camera. Oh, shit. That's right. Want a devil. He doesn't and have a gun. He ate Peter Sellers. Look at him. He's the nicest lion you'd ever want to meet. There's no blood. <laughs> he was very petite. Made no chewing noises. Dipped his uh Yeah, it's like he put uh Peter Sellers to sleep. <laughs> Take a nice nap. Get off a gun. Wow. So you know I never saw Jaws, but I imagine this is the plot. Okay, now we're back. Now we have the only scene of humor in this whole. They're, they're lighting fires. To... Okay, here's a humorous scene, and I wish I had a laugh track to play for you. I think I will climb this cliff for no reason. Uh -oh. oh, it's the nicest lion ever. Whoa. Wow, that's a fall. That would have been a great laugh track. Gilligan! <laughs> oh, Gilgan's Island in 3D. We're oh, stuck on that's the what they should have done. Would have been a big hit. So now, so now Skipper comes in and goes, Laddie, the Hindus are going. They're really this time going. 
So Robert Stack once again will lay down the old like Kunta Kinte rap. Not going anywhere. Yeah, walk and walk back and forth with them. Get back to work. There's no lions. Get oh yeah, look at him. He shouldn't stand on the tracks like that. I have all these facts about the other actors, but who cares? Oh, it's the oh. nicest lion in the world going to give you a hug. Look at the lion. He just ate some. Look at that little blood thing under his yeah. cheek. Give him a nibble. A little love bite. They're fierce lions and their kisses make a little blood. Kissy. Um, a weird lion. I could tell you all about these actors and it's just not interesting, you know. You, you have more about the director? Sure. He was uh Did he make porno really movies? What? Did he make porno movies in the seventies? No, no. He died maybe seven. Uh, uh. His ego and personality were larger than life. Radio historian, historian Joe Dunning wrote, few people are ambivalent when it came to Arch Oldmore. He was one of those intense personalities who were either liked or disliked with equal fire. Um, I wonder why he's disliked, because he's an asshole. Yeah, he got Mae West banned. He did this radio show and he gave Mae West all sorts of suggestive stuff. Not that she doesn't do that. She does. Right. So he really fed her. But he played it on, maybe it wasn't his fault. It played on Sunday just before the, um, right. <laughs> oh, I can't go to church now. I'm so riled up by that Mae West innuendo. I would come uh, up and Milton see her Gunsberg. for sex. Milton Gunsberg turned his focus to independent producers, demonstrated natural vision vision to Arch Olberg, producer and writer of popular Lights Out radio show. He was stressed enough to option it for his next film project. <laughs> he went on to make 12 of these. Nice. Sure they all made money. They're all B-movies. They played again, you know, double feature. So now he's making a deal with the Ugandan stereotype. And to help them, you know, like, get the lion. And the thing is, like, they're insisting on no guns because it's that won't bring honor to the tribe. They want to spear them. It's, it's part of their rituals and rites uh, of passage. So they're going to get a posse together of people who killed lions before. But with no guns. With no guns. Just... Now look at the way he shakes his spear. It's obviously an actor. You know what I mean? Oh, they handed him a spear and go, go, go nuts? Well, he says, like, I'm stalking a lion. I'm stalking a lion. You'll see it from all of them. But it's, they give more natural performances when the lion assaults them. I'm walking trepidatiously. I'm bouncing. The middle of the day, the lions just hanging out there. Yeah, Maybe. look how the nicest lions in the world—they're just great. Friendly. I'm late for my MGM audition. 
Wish me luck. That's right. Casper, the friendly lion. <laughs> the friendliest lion. And his big friend, uh, hot devil, little devil. Now, I especially hate this scene because these fierce lion hunters will basically have very frady cats and all scatter. It's so stupid. Adorable. Is this Jaws of the Lion? Is the whole 3D. movie about the lion? Remember Jaws 3D? Yeah, the whole movie's about the yeah. lion. I saw Jaws 3D in the theater in Montclair. Huh. With the arm floated in front of you, that's about the only good part. Was that the Claremont? Uh, probably. Look, I'm yeah, going in circles! Because I'm a nice lion. Are those white guys, though? I, mean, I don't think so. Whoa! There's a second lion! Where'd the lion go? Run away! Oh, there's always a second lion. Run away! What a twist. Yeah, we're professionals. We never thought of a second lion. As they drop this movie's couple of wanted devil. These are the yeah. brave men. Okay. Yeah, everyone's gonna In fairness, they're the king of the jungle, not the kings of the jungle. So I understand why they thought this one was a second line. That is, yeah, if you're being fair. Being yeah. Look, they're hiding their face in shame when they go past Robert Stack. Thought he was such pussies. My bad. So the Stack's gonna have to do it himself. Well, Robert Stack kind of doesn't know what to do, and uh, it, we're going to have more back-to-work stuff. Like, the African tribe we just saw, they're burying their dead, so he's like, let them bury their own dead, you bury yours. Back to work. This burying the dead scene is probably the best example of 3D animation I've seen in movies. It really looks like you're burying the dead. What do the kids love? They want to see people burying their dead. So In 3D. Now, next we'll have uh, the greatest pompous voice of Parliament, so I think we should listen. It's the House of Commons. Robert Stack doesn't know what to do. He's tortured. Extra, extra. We didn't write an article, just a headline. <laughs> extra, extra. Print shop is now free on, on the new line computers. Extra, extra. Article, extra. This is a shocking yeah. state of affairs. We saw this in the opening. Oh, is this the monkeys? Here we go. Yeah. It's laughing. Last two minutes of laughing. Laughing. The last episode of laughing. Is it hot in here? Yes, Buck. Is it hot in here or is it V? Oh, this stuffed animal snack to you. Look how they all like lay down. It's a massacre. Yeah, listen, man. When a lion comes at you, that's it. You're done. You might as well lie down. Look, now. Lots of times a stuffed animal attacks the lion, but here he's 
got a stuffed animal in his look. See that dummy? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see this. Took a lot of time for me. You come up with a storyline. Oh, you mean the mannequin dummy? Yeah, sure. Yes, that's right. So now we're basically getting like we're at a breaking point. He's trying to design the next bridge as if the line is breaking. He's gonna Angus is gonna go to Mombasa to get help. They got twenty dead and, and it's been three weeks. They haven't two hundred miles they've done and for three weeks they haven't done one inch. Wow. It's in all the papers, the evening news. Right. Now, Good for shot. some reason, exactly. they're going to be digging up the side of a hill. It makes no sense. And it's clearly we're like mid-act two here because we're going to start meeting B characters and his wife is going to show. And he'll need that to get to the third act, Jason. That's if this right. is good. The act three sounds great. Angus is drinking on the. Oh no, he's not. He's taking malaria pills. Now look, why are they digging here? And look how the workers are really pretending. They're not doing a thing. What? What about the cameraman? <laughs> I must think look really I good. Can. I think I can. I think I can. Woo woo. Look how dangerous that side of the hill is. It's when yells action. We're just gonna stand here for hours. <laughs> Ooh, well, who, they, they missed the spot. What was the name of the British train show that had Ringo Starr and uh, George Carlin in it? Thomas. Yeah. Thomas. It was Thomas. Yeah. Oh. Fucking well, Thomas. Thomas. Thomas is a whiny ass train. Goodness, there's a train full of pompous Brits. <laughs> You'll see, they're all. Oh, I hope I'm lying. Hello yeah, there. Mm. Oh. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Wife. Righty. They married? They are married. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're married. And they are very cold. Oh, I pretend he was cook. Oh, he is a lady in that movie. Gotta have a primarily Hello, wife. Hello, husband. Not happy she's there, but he's at the same time. He is very happy to see her. It's weird. Her name is Alice. Okay, so now the pompous Brits will get the most ridiculous pretend dancing you have ever seen. Good, finally. This movie's so bad. Look at this. Having a picnic. How did they bring these instruments? Well, this is the orchestra that's mentioned in the credits, right? Wasn't there like a musical ensemble that got credited? Uh, maybe, and I didn't catch it. Uh, I probably had.
have music done down here. Somewhere. Well, the credit was in Blue Geek Hour. You might have missed it. Right. It been beyond you or below you or beneath you or. Of you or you're through it. This was a critical failure and it should be. It really sucks, but it was a hit. It actually, but it did lose money. It lost like $200,000, which was like uh, maybe one point something. I don't know. Oh, not $2 million, but a lot. They lost a lot on this one in today's money, you know. So, but this film I always read about, like it was the first 3D movie. It caused to kick off the craze. I mean, I guess right. uh, it did. It House did. of Wax and uh, Creature of the Black Lagoon. Those are probably the famous 3D movies. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it took off from then and they made 12 of these. As I, I think I probably mentioned it. Uh, what's funny is the film was given code approval because they didn't have the ratings yet in 2D, right. but in, the one in 3D had a kissing scene um, and we'll see it later. Like a kissing in 3D. You could really see the tongue. <laughs> you could not. Yeah. Between the old guy and Zach. <clears throat> so they just went to see a musical number. Yeah, and now they have to get dragged to the other tribe to see another one. They don't what like it day. at all. Uh, basically, all we're hearing here is pompous, pompous. And that reminds me of Carl and Mike's party machine. It's pompous bragging. When I was in India, we did blah, blah, blah. Now we have African dance mania, which is also reminds me of Carl and Mike's party machine. Pompous belligerence. I'm sick of this. Now, this was all shot in 1948 on their excursion to Africa. Oh, they got girls this time. This is the pompous bragging I was speaking of. Oh. It's very funny how they're really standing in front of a 2D movie screen, pretending that they're there. They didn't have green screens, of course, but it's the same thing. Oh. Right? So Am I right? Yes, Carl. Very insightful. Uh, do you think this movie played at a 3D uh, drive-in? Uh, no, I don't. I think it played in movie theaters. Um, okay, so now she's like, tell me about my husband. You've known him for six months. Tell me about my husband. He doesn't say anything. He's, gonna, he's glad you're here. I'll tell you that, eh, lassie. Watch Broke Bear about four times. I don't know why. 
Um, U.S. screenings of feature. Um, it, it was released into theaters. It didn't go to a drive-in at all. Um, but I, I have it here somewhere. The theater releases, but it's not very. You know, do you think there was 3D movies at drive-in? Sure. Yeah. I guess you could do that. United Artists bought the rights to Bawana Devil for half a million dollars and a share of the profits and began a wide release of the film. Um, there was a lawsuit, and it doesn't really matter. Other major studios started releasing their own 3D films. Warner Brothers adapted the natural vision process for House of Wax. Right. We know two really good uh, 3D movies I've seen from the 50s is uh, Kiss Me Kate. They did oh, a, yeah. So the, the stage itself has depth to it. So it's like uh -huh. you're in the theater watching it. And then That's Jerry, Jerry Lewis and Martin, uh, Dean Martin had Money from Home, which I saw in a movie theater. Great. Okay. They're, they're gambling on horses. It's okay. Money from Home. Oh. <laughs> okay. He's a little kid there. He's introduced so that he can die later. What From what? Lion? Yes. He's lions eat children? Mm-hmm. Isn't that awful? The lion's on a diet. Can't eat a human. Can't eat a full kid. <laughs> Can't go for the wee woods. So they're having dinner and they're doing a bunch of pompous bragging as Brits, you know, and the little kid right. is introduced. And they're going to sleep in the train car. They brought their own sleeping quarters, essentially. And there's when they leave, it's going to be real awkward between husband and wife, you know, He's going to be like, he feels like a loser. And she's going to be like, you never talked to me. What separate beds are they going to sleep in? No, they're going to be in the same bed already. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh? And everyone else is watching? No. no. 19, uh... 1898. <laughs> oh, I guess yes. 1899 if six months have passed. Good night, child. You're going to become my, like my pretend, my child symbol soon. I'll think of you every time a lion eats somebody. We'll keep your memory. We'll cherish your memory every time a lion eats somebody. <laughs> we'll I start a foundation you. in your name. The least we could do. What kind of film director is like? All right, the kid's in, but he's got to be in by the lion. <laughs> I know movie making. Hi, it's your agent. Hi, did we get the part? Yeah, but uh, there is this one. Oh, you'll love it. It's it's out in location. Uh, there's some, some cowboy stuff. You, you, you get eaten lion. by a lion. Okay, they need to know by Friday. So. <laughs> so now it's just the two of them, and it's going to be a lot of awkward husband and wife stuff, and they're going to go into the tent and – you know, he's going to be feeling sorry for himself, and she's going to be like, well, yeah, but I love you, so who cares? And he's going to be like, okay, I'll stop being embarrassed, and then he's going to... They're making the fires for the lion. The fires for the lion. I doubt the director was sharp enough. The director was very sharp, but I doubt that the script was, you know, 
trying to give us up the fire for their loyalty, you know. Oh, I saw the porn movie of this movie. Wanna fuck? I wanna, I wanna do it. <laughs> All right, that's about it. I wanna take my Viagra. Okay, so this is a bunch of boring talk, and then they're going to do it. You'll see the three minutes that got it not coded. Uh, March 1952, he was going to call it The Lion of Uru. Footage and shot in Africa. Filming to start in May. It was going to be in Mexico. And then he overheard this new revolutionary TV magazine. He no, no, this it. is, no, that was long. This was his big, this is plans coming to fruition. He was announcing he's going to make the move. This is shot in San Fernando Valley. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can there's see. A, there, okay, there's a place called the Paramount Ranch. It's in the Santa Monica Mountains, and you know, it's San Fernando Valley, and there's a hiking trail named the Bawana Trail to denote the location of this movie. Yeah, so you could go to Bawana Trail. That sounds like a LWAFL uh -huh. road trip. trip. Yeah. Let's go to Hollywood and see where they shot uh, Bawana <laughs> We've come a long way for this. Almost there. <laughs> that was the ranch Charles Manson. Yeah, whatever. I'm going to kiss the... your eyeball. Oh, gee. Wait, yeah, that was the Manson Ranch over there? Excuse me, uh, sir, uh, we're going to Bawana, Bawana Tramp. Bawana Devil. Look, like there's the kiss. See? Oh, it's 3D, yeah. Yeah, and so that got him banned. Oh, lion. Even like okay. Jason. Now we're going to have the train car massacre, and it's so funny. Um, to lick them? Yeah. They're going to have stuffed animals. That they're going to be battling, you know. And yeah, the nicest lion in the world. Two nice lions are going to visit these <laughs> fat Brits. When they choreograph these these lion fights, not one said, "Why don't you move towards the camera?" or "Why don't you uh, throw something at the camera?" or "Why don't you do?" <laughs> no. Uh, what did I miss? Well, you came at the right time because we're going to have a massacre now with the nicest lions. They're going to fight stuffed animals. You'll see. So they go into the train and the, the train people are like, huh? And then they all like have a pillow fight. Tickets, please. Roar. Sir, if you don't have your ticket. Look at this nice lion. Hi. Uh, uh, furry thing. Oh, <laughs> oh skipper, skipper. Oh, no. Look at plushy. Give him a hug. Sir, I'm going to ask you to leave FAO Swartz if you can't play with those stuffed animals. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, Just shake the doll around. No one will notice. <laughs> no one will see. Recognize. Arr. Adorable. Oh, scary. Uh, 
Okay, so you also missed that Robert Stack uh, banged his wife. Oh, that's not. She looks yeah. like she's. Oh, she's contented. Fully dressed up to her neck, literally. It is 1952, but they kiss and they kiss in her eyes. And I can oh. tell you, look, she's getting dressed as if she hasn't been wearing that all night. Safari walk of shame. <laughs> beautiful. It's a beautiful walk. It's shameful, but good morning. Now we like each other again. And this guy goes, Look, look how embarrassed she'll be. Guessing, oh my goodness. Twelve hours ago, these guys were eaten by lions. He goes, Hey boss, <laughs> hey boss, there's a train car massacre. There's stuff stuffing is everywhere. He's in a treehouse? That's pretty cool. Yeah. You should be putting that on Airbnb. Oh, it's part of the amenities. Holy. Oh, it's Mortimer Duke. Dead. His brother. Randolph Duke. Does this mean they get to ride for free? Yeah. They got their ticket punched. Hello. <laughs> She's just taking a cab to the airport. There's mm -hmm. stuffing everywhere. Get a dust pack. <laughs> I got some news. The LIRR is delayed. That's news? <laughs> news if it's not delayed. Come on. The now, look, just, dad's like, dead. Guy. Yeah, dad is dead. So that means that um, Alice, our wife, will get a baby substitute. And the only reason she gets the baby substitute is so that it can be eaten later. Yeah, they, the, the lion eats the kid in it. Spoiler, and by spoiler, I mean this film. Well, he had to eat the kid fast, speaking of spoiler alerts. Uh, hey, I did jump back on to tell you, uh, to get Michael's joke book, go to proudlyresents.com slash joke book. Slash joke book. There you oh, go. Okay. And it you right to the webpage. Another All my finest broccoli jokes. I have broccoli jokes. I got tomato jokes in there. It's a wide variety of jokes in there. Mm -hmm. well, I, I, gotta, I gotta jump back and go back to work. I don't right, want to buy it. Okay, Adam, Adam. If, you, if you see that extension cord, let me know, okay? For the radio. Oh. Yeah, I'm glad you have a one-track mind. If he sees it, Mike. If he sees it. If he I sees see it. it. But I'll just sit here and work for four more hours. But you guys, and then I'll look for your thing. All right, thanks. Yeah, you should get to work first and then look for it. Oh, so they Carl, nice to see you. Ah, <laughs> <Big Yeah. guy. laughs> Same here, same here. I always right, like to see a Spiegelman. He's going to miss the uh, last dramatic 20 minutes. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, this is okay. This, you ask me at the end of how is the film itself. Okay, so she's like, we're going home. He's like, damn it, woman, I can't go home. You go home. And she goes, if you're not going home, I'm not going home. And then it's he, settled. They're going to fight the lions together. He married the Queen of England? Yeah. Queen Elizabeth? Goodness, Robert, what are you up to now? Yeah, uh, your majesty, I'm out here on the lions. Oh, oh. I've been obsessed by a lion. I am in Africa. 
Um, she is uh, Alice. She's Barbara Britton, film and television actress, best known for Western films opposite Randolph Scott, Joel McRae, and Gene Autry. We know that name. Two-year tenure as the inquisitive am amateur sleuth and North on the television radio series Mr. and Mrs. North. Look, I can tell you about all these actors, but it's very, we never, we're not a contact. Talking about a lot of radio stars and producers that made this movie. Yeah. They're like, we hate television. People so, can't, back before television, a, Carl, people would just sit around our, our, our furniture and listen to our radio show. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, television killed radio, but it killed film too. I don't know, it didn't kill film. This helped bring film back. So now we have our full-on blown uh, child substitute, okay? And she's got herself a son, essentially, uh, so he can get easy. And he's the, he's adorable. We saw him naked. Yeah, they don't all have big ones. Uh -oh, wasn't <laughs> even looking there. Well, <laughs> oh, kudos to you, Mike. Okay, basically, she's just doing more of it. She's going up there and going, Robert, take a break. Robert, get some iced tea. Look at you, you whole. Robert, you're all red in the sun. It's like a Gap commercial. What they're allegedly doing. Once again, Mike, look at the guy in the blue turban behind. They're not working. You see how he's faking? He's not even hitting it. Right. It's, it's so funny. Ow. It's like to see it. Well, they're all from the theater, you know. You don't really dig on stage. You could hurt the stage. You don't want to scruff those. Uh, you want to walk on those boards, not scruff them. Yeah. You know, the, rest, the joke's on him because he really is probably tired from having to do that over and over. I know, even then, but he didn't do a single work. Like, he but didn't do it right. Might as well just do the work. Okay. So now the African tribe shows up and says, remember when we were stereotypes? Well, we're going overboard now. You guys brought the lions. They're devils, not lions. And the train brought them. Robert oh. Stack is going to be mad next. You think that there's a ring of truth to that, that the, the trains brought the lions? Well, it brought a food source for the lions. Yeah, right, like some fresh food. No, but they believe they're devils. Spirits. They believe it's like a. Oh, the lions themselves are actual devil spirits. Right. So they're cute devil spirits. Cute now you're going to hear a lot of Swahili here. All right. And that's actually accurate in the Serengeti of Swahili. To Google Translate. Well, it sounds great, Carl. All right. Now, this one is like the meanie, meanie, meanie one. He's going to throw a spear at him. All right. Yeah, enough talk. <laughs> Film premiered under the banner of Arch O'Baller Productions, November 26, 1952. Twin engagement at the Hollywood Paramount Theater and the Paramount Theater in downtown Los Angeles. Open to the public the following day. Ooh, so it was like two separate theaters showing it. And only yeah, like for the press. A double premiere. Yeah. yeah. For, 
one for the press and one for like all us cool guys who really made the film. Like Marilyn Monroe was there, but she was at one of the gatherings, not, not the other one. I went yeah. to the other gathering. This guy was a B filmmaker. I'm sure Marilyn wasn't there. You see the spear? Oh, yeah. And the baby it, cries. You're making my baby. Okay, now it's a night of uneasy sleeping. Not with Robert, that's why. Well, because, yeah, because that's right. She lives for him. But um, he's on Lion Century D. Century. You think the lions are bad, the mosquitoes, oh. You got malaria going around. Oh, that's right. You got to take those pills. Oh, I've got my own malaria pills. <laughs> Uneasy sleep. Uneasy sleep. Oh, this is terrible. Well, her sleep number was on four. Look, you're lying yourself. You're lying. You're lying. On the bed. Yeah. You're lying. I mean, on the in the bed. Okay, I'm stealing that. How can I make that into a joke? Uh huh. People are gonna be like, "I came here during COVID, uh, risked everything to hear a night of comedy." Well, you got it. Or I would be lying. Get it, lieth? I would be a lieth. <laughs> That's so funny. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. My wife always misunderstands what I say, you know? She doesn't let me finish my sentence. I walk into the room, into the bedroom, and I go, you're lying. She goes, what? I said, no, on the bed. Will you just let me finish my sentence? Never let you finish. Was there was an Uncle Floyd joke where uh, Looney Skip Rooney comes on to the Uncle Floyd show, and he goes, Floyd, Floyd, my uncle just got, as a zookeeper, and he just got fired from the zoo. Looney Skip Rooney, uh, your uncle just got fired from the zoo? Yeah, he got fired for feeding the squirrels. Oh, feeding the squirrel, I don't see. To the lions! <laughs> okay, here comes Baby, who's now missing. And there's uh, lots of scary stuff in the jungle, like a, like a non-poisonous boa constrictor. <laughs> and a turtle that's turtle. running away. Oh, no, He's catching up to the turtle. It's too late. So now it'll be like baby's gone missing, and then they go to find him, and they just can't find him, and things keep getting suckier and suckier. And then they'll have a whole search for the baby, and then it won't be satisfying. They don't find him. They got to go to sleep without him. Right. Wait, baby was just here, baby. The oh, hills baby. are alive. With the sound of babies. Baby eating lions. That was Austria. Austria. Yeah, Austria. I get these Thanksgiving movies all mixed up. You know, I watch them all other holidays. You know, the they don't devil. have Thanksgiving in uh, Canada. Oh. Well, no, they they do. They have it on their own day, right? They don't have Thanksgiving in Mexico. Uh, you know what they call Thanksgiving in Mexico? What? Th Thursday. Uh, well, you know what they call planes, trains, and automobiles in Mexico? Nova. What? Planes, trains, and automobiles going around for some reason. Because it takes place in Thanksgiving. They're going to Thanksgiving. But... Oh, that Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. Trains, 
planes and automobiles. Yeah, he sold the uh, shower right. curtains. Give me another. Give me another Thanksgiving movie. I'll be in the other side of the park. Home for uh, the holidays. Christmas with the Cranks. That was uh, Thanksgiving. That was a Christmas one. National Lampoon's Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving Vacation. That was a good. Thanksgiving. One. Yes. Thanksgiving Vacation. These holiday films. So they spent all day searching for the baby. They can't find the baby, and now she's like, "Baby's dead." Like Alice. Oh. Come on. Yeah. We'll look in the morning. There's lots of places for a baby to hide in the jungle. Let me hear her right. say it. Baby, yes. If that's the case, you should just go outside and go, I give up. Where are you hiding? Where are you hiding? I give up. Ali, Ali, oxen free. All the, all the oxen free. All right, Uncle, you win. Baby, dead. This movie sucks. Can we stop now? Oh, okay. Carl, what'd you think of this movie? <laughs> it sucks. He began hosting Unsolved Mysteries in 1987. He thought very highly of the interactive nature of the show saying it created a symbolic relationship between viewer and program and that the hotline was a great crime-solving tool. That's right, Dana. Well, it was a syndicated weekly show. So it was on, the, you know, whatever uh, channel that paid for it. Yeah. And it would be like back-to-back, 7, 7.30, uh, Unsolved Mysteries. And they had a hotline? Because I've, I've seen the show in, like, later reruns, and I don't remember seeing a hotline. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you have a mystery that is still yet to be solved. No, it would. they would do the mystery, and then if you knew any information, you would call. If you think the baby was eaten by a lion, press one. If you think UFOs <laughs> took the baby, press two. If the Loch Ness Monster was anywhere near the vicinity. So now we're going to have a bunch of uh, 1948 footage in which it's like, that animal's threatening us. I'm going to make a stance. Oh, it's okay. They just did it with the oxen, did you see? (coughs) You could tell it's old footage because the oxen says, buy U.S. war bonds on the side. (laughs) The war was still going on when they used that footage. Look, here's like, look, here's a threat. Oh, it's okay. The guy wearing an elephant suit. Stand here in front of this movie projector. Yeah, really weird. Don't worry, they're just giraffes. There's no threat. Now, this is real. In San Fernando Valley, they brought an ostrich, which doesn't go, I don't think. The ostrich did nothing. Demon bothers these both legs. You know how they sometimes kiss? Stuff, nothing. Yeah. You know what you gotta do is you gotta, as an actor, you gotta whisper in the ostrich, steal your fucking eggs. And then <laughs> you get like you, the fear of God in them, and that's when you start acting. Right. Otherwise, now, they just they're, they're stand there. Now, he cheated us a little because he just showed us some footage that he already showed us when he was in the canoe. Oh, the hippos. Look, it's gonna be like, don't look at, he'll charge. 
he's going to shoot a, an elephant, and then he goes, don't shoot him, the baby. Now, look, you see the panther in the tree? Yeah. What's going on? Chilling. And he won't attack them or nothing? Oh, the panther got in the tree? Never know. The panther got in my pajamas? Don't shoot, don't shoot the baby. because I... You know, there's an old that Hollywood adage is don't work with children and animals because the animals will eat the children. Right. Yeah. Oh, so is that a baby elephant? Uh-oh. Nothing. Nothing will come Nothing. He's roaring. Too stealthy. He worked too well. No one saw him. He recently died. Black Panther. <coughs> You're thinking of a different. All right. <laughs> Are they done? Are they gotten mad? That's the thing. We're just we're gonna wander around looking for the lions, and then they're gonna find the lions, and the lions uh -huh. won't attack because it's daytime. It's it's. Now he's going crazy. He's getting bonkers in the sun. He starts talking nuts. I'll turn it up. Listen. All right. What? Who was that? What? I think I'm going mad. Radio is the future. That's crazy. People don't want to go to the theaters. What can I do? I'll make three-dimensional imagery. My radio is 3D. Remember we saw that movie in which they were envisioning like a radio with pictures of the future, oh, yeah. remember? Cool. Yeah, whatever happened to that? Uh, that was in person in March. That was the hell one, Hades. Um, yeah, that was a public convenience. Dante's Inferno. Yeah, Dante's Inferno. Oh, I can't wait. Next year there'll be a new batch of public domain movies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Every year. Every well, they stopped it for a while. Yeah. Thank you, Disney. Thank you, Disney. Thank you for that twenty-year uh, wait. Now look behind him. The nicest oh. lion in the world. It's Moana Devil One. <laughs> this is like the ending of Scream, where there's like two killers. You're like, what? Look, look, Rob. There's another Moana. Oh, what does it mean? Oh, Somebody, the stuffed animal. How do you so ah took a swipe at her? Now she's a damsel in distress, but they won't use it well. Oh, he's gonna save the day. This is just like the carnival where you shoot the ducks, but this time you shoot the stuffed animals on the wall. <laughs> These are not stuffed animals, they're just themed uh or born in captivity, nice uh lions. I mean, we did see it for a second there when he pretend attacked her. It must be like a retired zoo in San Fernando Valley. San Fernando Valley. Like, this exit, retired zoo animals. Peg this, zoo. His great-great-grandfather was in Bawana. Bawana. <laughs> see. We're getting admitted. San okay, Fernando nice. Valley. That's where I live. He killed his wife? He got side he swiped. He got a strike. Guy looking at her boobs? That's really awkward. 
Well, they're married. It's okay. No, she's bleeding. They're Who married. They're married. Yeah, I'm cocking a gun. Yeah, I'm looking in the camera. What's your problem? Now, his gun, you know, is having trouble, and it will, when the time is right, misfire. And he'll have to hit the lion with the <laughs> his gun. This lion is just hiking with his girlfriends. Listen, we're going to get out, and every day this week, we're going to do a little bit of hike a little bit farther. Wearing, you can't tell, but he's wearing juicy couture pants. Yeah, he's telling the audience, like, he's claiming, you won't attack me during the day. Huh? You're waiting for the night. Attack me in the day! And he freaks out on Give it a okay. big speed. So he starts walking. La la la. It's like I'm Captain Ahab and you're Moby Dick, except you're a lion and um, I'm not really <laughs> Captain Ahab. Oh, bang bang! It's just a tame lion from the zoo, man. It's the nicest lion you'll ever want to be. Ow! Ah, Ow! I was being a cool guy. Ow! What's he doing? You pour water on him? Oh, this will wake me up. Oh, he sounded like an Eric Pence. Wait till the... It'll never work for MGM again. (laughs) Right. Now his gun misfires. I'm going to eat you up. So he hits him on the head with the butt of the gun. Ow! Hey, Leo, I got a message from United Artists. Bam! Uh, that's that. How is that? How that really works? Yeah, yeah this is for, for money. Is that what it is? Hey, get your shine box. <laughs> yeah. I that is a little salt thing. Is salted him a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Again, this guy's horny. It's okay. The lions. They. I was the Moby Dick. I was the Ahab, and they. This <laughs> was uh, Ahab. the end. This Whoa, was uh, it's... lethal weapon. The lion would come back alive and attack him one more time. You think the lion's dead, but he's time. not. Then he shoots Holy. him right before he eats him. Holy shit. A better movie well, coming out? Oh, my goodness. We had That's... just watched The Great Boana Devil. Adam, what did you think of Boana Devil from 1952? It was Boawful. <laughs> it was Boawful. <laughs> he stole my joke! Oh, is that your joke? No, no, no. Joke. I just Trump wrote it down. Trump meant to say, I'm going to steal your joke. Trump meant oh. to say, I'm going to steal your joke. Uh, okay, so I was talking to my friend on the phone, and I was like, what is that noise in the back? Is that the is that thunder? <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 that's Bob Dylan. It's pretty funny, you know, even without the entire setup. <laughs> you did the joke wrong. <laughs> um, Adam, what are thought. you listening to in the background? Is that Bob Dylan? No, that's no. the blender. That's the blender. Well, I think it's uh not funnier the other way around. It's just I was telling it to you, and you knew the jokes. Yeah. And no, I appreciate the spin you know, on it. I saw Moby Dick. I saw that movie, and there was not one nude scene in that entire film, you know? So I just don't get that title. Moby Dick. You know, I was thinking about Moby Dick the other day. Um, hard not to. Like, do you think we'd still be talking about that book if it was called, like, Give me the whale. Yeah, right. 
Uh-oh. or Moby Johnson, you know, like <laughs> Moby Johnson. Yeah, I think this is our third grader in us. And then Moby sounds you know, so big, you know, like, <laughs> it was a Moby dick. Not well, just if, you met, if you ever met him, you know, you would say Moby's a dick. Guy's like completely full of himself, hasn't really done anything <laughs> musically in years. Oh, Moby's a dick. Right. Well, I'm sure Mike, what did you recommend think? Back to school. What did you oh. think of Moana Devil, Mike? It could have been worse. You know, I was a little hesitant to see uh, lions in Africa attack you know, white rabbits back, and I was pretty much on the ball. But uh, it was a waste of. I've read about this movie, so it was great to see it. Yeah. It was, what a waste of TV! Like they they pioneered it. They created it, and things like that. Every innovation has to be somewhat racist. Have like the invention of sound without the jazz singer, and have three people without the Moana Devil. It's uh, the way our country works. So I'm glad I didn't. I watched it, and this is also on Amazon Prime, making their money, having a catalog of the worst films out there. Uh, that's what their bones are built on. So I hope you enjoyed the movie. Uh, we are in the month of December right now, and our last two shows of the year are special shows. Uh, every year on Christmas, we show trailers for movies that premiered on Christmas Day. Uh, Carl and I will be doing that again. We have a special show. And then uh, catch us on December 27th. We're going to do our year-end review, uh, our second annual year-end review, where we look at all the movies we saw on our show during the year 2020, and we pick our favorite scenes. How many? Three, right? Fourteen. Well, I was just going to give like a, a brief paragraph, like what was interesting about each one and sure. not each one. Some of yeah. it were just the not. The one of Devil's not going to get talked about on the year-end review. All right. So don't expect one of Devil on our year-end uh, I'll talk about the Montclair one for sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of Johnny Darko do. will we, come up. We do this show every week. And that's 52 weeks, so we want to make sure that you can catch up with episodes, especially because they're not listed by movie titles, just by the yeah. week it came out. Adam, uh, proudlyresents.com. How else can people find you and anything of interest that people may want to hear about? Yes. Proudly Resents Christmas Movies. It's all episodes about the worst Christmas movies, all in one grouping. Easy to find. That's when you good. Go to your little podcast. Searcher, but in Proudly Resents Christmas, and Michael has done a bunch of them. Done yeah, most well, of I love Christmas with the Cranks. I made him watch that movie. I don't think we've ever done that one, so I've never seen it. Uh, but also, an update on Mike's link, proudlyresents.com slash jokebook. Uh, when you go to it, the jokebook is now made private on Mike's Scribs account. Really? Well, can you, is there some demo like, pages? No. There must be some demo pages. Maybe why no one bought the book. They all went there and it was like, "Where?" Huh. I want to buy the book. I'm just learning about the book. I'm just learning about this book too. I forgot I wrote it. I will have okay. to take a look. I'll have I to, will I'll go. Have to... Michael will hopefully fix it by the time you hear this. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. It'll be fixed by the time this. If not, it'll be maybe a couple weeks afterwards. Who knows? Are you in the bathroom? Where are you hiding? I'm in the bedroom. I'm hiding because my wedding uh, license is on the wall, and I don't want it on the. Have it on the angle. Has it expired? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it. All right. On that note, uh, we should leave it. Adam, thank you so much for being a guest. and our. our uh... Thank you for having me. I wish I could stay the yeah. whole time. 
Uh, and check out the episode, Adam. Uh, join us for two after-school specials shot in our high school back in the 1980s. And Adam is one of the people there. So it was the first time we had a, a talent for the movie. Shower. Yeah, he was the guy shot. If you go to oh, our Facebook page, uh, Carl made a gif of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did a video clip, right, of you hitting, hitting. Yeah. Adam's slap, what did I call it? Adam's bonk. Oh, <laughs> Adam's. So check it out. It's a very dramatic scene in this after-school special. It's well, pivotal. It. pivotal. Pivotal. All right. I've, I've insulted the talent. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, we've been uh, Let's Watch a Full-Life Movie on YouTube, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. And we'll see you again next week for our special uh, Christmas Day trailer show. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Eagleman. German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the French not the Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. It's Michael Wanna be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever wanna be like in front of an audience, like, other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? So, if you go to joke workshops, there's more than two people's paying attention to your joke, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you, or they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang dabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays. The IPM at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. 
March 1st through 5th, it's time for the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, five days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, five days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians, bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Is this about that VR house you keep bugging me for? What if it is? I told you, I can't afford the Bitcoin. Goodbye, Jack. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy, the small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders. Board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Party. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there, and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They were very nice. Asiento. Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu. Only better, you can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. 
All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirts and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products.
Yeah, you're fearless. I know it. Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. That was some music from Pamela Parker. You can check out what she's up to at PamelaParkerRocks.com. But we're here today. Today is Friday, March 1st. It's actually the first day of Women's History Month. So uh, what better way to kick off than have uh, have someone, uh, the women's voice, uh, tell her stories um, so my, my guest today is Bernice Yee. Am I saying that right? Bernice? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's Our, like a yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Bernice is in town. She is one of the visiting comedians, um, who applied to be part of the mutiny radio comedy festival, which is starting today. So we are kicking it off on, on women's magazine really, because women should always come first. Ooh, I agree. <laughs> so Bernice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're visiting from Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. The Seattle area? Is that mm-hmm. where you... Yes. Yes. Uh, I live in Seattle now. Uh, I have been living there for 12 years. Yeah. But you're originally from China. I am. So I am made in China. Made in China. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of talk about how you, you know, kind of escaped and now you're... Uh, what I want to hear a little bit of your story of, uh, you know, how how'd you how do you decide I need to I need to get out of China and, and go to the United States? Uh huh. Because um, so I say escape is not like I was a criminal. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, quotes. Yeah. Quote unquote escape. It's more of a joke. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I was definitely a rebel. Um, I think um, living in China, like I got into not trouble but in a way that just like everybody is in your face trying to tell you what to what to do um and uh i think once i got exposure um to america i have always seen oh i want to be there i want to go there so a lot of time people ask me why do you come here oh my god you came here by yourself your parents your family are all in america um at the time when I came here, I I just like this is a dream. I did not miss my family. Um, good, my family didn't understand English, so they would never know this. I said that, <laughs> but I think it's in a way that I just want to be at a place to be who I am, to say what I want to say. Um, yeah, that's kind of what drove me to come here. That's really cool. Um, that and it is. It takes a lot of bravery to just say, "See ya." Like. <laughs> I'm going to go try this and try to make a new life for myself. Like it's, it's really takes a lot. And, um, you're, you, you also write and contribute to this, uh, kind of online magazine group, which we'll talk about a little more later called mm-hmm. the syndrome. And so I read your recent article about, you know, like basically having to be really sneaky with your boyfriends, even in, even in college, right? Yeah. Even in college. <laughs> so, so has the, uh, being, uh, deceptive, uh, how has that helped in your comedy? <laughs> <laughs> so um, just to kind of set a context of the deceptive or what s- sneaky means. So even in college, like it's okay that you have a boyfriend, but you don't really let people see any public display affection, right? So like kissing, uh-uh, no, you don't. Like, And then kind of is an unspoken rule that you don't have sex. For some reason, I don't know, nobody says you cannot, but then like if you do, it's a big gossip. Uh, like topic and so um and we don't have any privacy so in the dorm room okay so in our studio right now it's bigger than a dorm room where six of us lived oh my gosh <laughs> we live in bunk beds and we're like a whole bunch of adults right um and then like so that's the small space and if and then they lock the dorm room 
every night at 9 p.m. and they shut the lights off. That's like prison. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're shut in and you're shut out. Yeah. Right. And so it was the most prestigious like university in in China. It's not like a like kind of like a prison university. It's actually one of the best uh, universities. Um. So at that time, if you don't go back by 9 p.m., where are you? Mm-hmm. And gossip starts and just a lot of social pressure. Um. So the sneaky have to you have to find ways. Uh, you have to plan ahead. You may have to make a hotel reservation, but you cannot make under like if I make a hotel reservation, it's too um, suspicious. Mm. <laughs> so you have to find a, an excuse. You have to set expectations with your roommates, saying that oh my parents are in town, or like you have to work hard. If I kind of like, oh I have to work at the lab all night, couldn't come back, but you must have a deadline that you set. Let everybody know already. You can't just all of a sudden have a deadline. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It takes a lot of planning to... To plan a lie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so is that like comedy? Um, (laughs) In a way, I think it's more about when I create a situation. Mm. Um, Like maybe there's exaggeration. Maybe it's fictional. But I have to make it believable. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of like, okay, this actually fits into my personality, fits into my, um, you know, like something I would do. It's not out of character. Oh, interesting. <laughs> subtle and smart. Yeah, but then like, you know, like it's not true. So, um, and you want to make people wonder, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so so when, how did you decide that you wanted to be a comedian and do stand-up like and and also like how did you develop your sense of humor like have you always like just had the sense of humor and been funny or what what, how did that kind of develop for you funny that you asked that because um i invited one girlfriend that i have been friends with like 10 years and then like she came to my show and she said oh my god bernice you know five years ago you told me i'm very serious person i i'm not funny Um, I so in a way it's like it's not I never I I never thought about become a comedian, yeah. um, but I watched so much like Netflix. Well, actually, back off a little bit. I started watching Netflix specials when I washed my face at nighttime. Um, but it takes so long to wash my face that watch so many Netflix comedy specials, <laughs> and then I realized that's how I think too because I realized comedians they have they have a different perspective they have a different point of view and for me I'm an outsider you know whether when I was in China or when I here I always feel like I have a different perspective because of my experience so I know in the shower I'm always thinking about all these funny wacky thoughts (laughs) from my experience Um, but I just didn't think about I can be one because English is not my first language. Um, to even be funny in the second language, I just feel like that's so hard. Um, but not until I saw Ali Wong's first Baby Cobra special, and all of a sudden I said, oh my God, the, the things she thinks is funny, that's things I think about. And then all of a sudden you do see somebody's more like you you know it's not a bunch of like you know white guys talking about dick jokes <laughs> right because there's a lot of that right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to me it's all of a sudden i want to be like that i actually want i have a voice i want to be heard um so um i just last year i made a new year's resolution that you know what i'm just do going to um do one open mic by the end of the year um, and then I signed up for a comedy class, uh, did a graduation show. I love it and keep on doing open mic and people 
asked me to be on their shows and wow people want to hear about my story and my my jokes and my sense of humor yeah so you've only done comedy like actively done comedy for about a year now yeah right on <laughs> and here you are in san francisco you applied to be part of the comedy festival pam benjamin you know is like Fuck yeah, let's have Bernice A. She's oh my great. God. <laughs> um, so that that's like another like amazing success story, right? Thank you. Yeah, and I think about it just incredible. I'm so grateful uh, for the opportunity, and also in a way that also I keep telling myself, um, 15 years ago when I came, I don't, I didn't speak English. I didn't. I didn't know how to order a sandwich from Subway. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing too. Like so. I, I I teach English as a second language. That's that's my day job, you know. <laughs> Here at Mutiny Radio, you know, this is this is my 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 fun, my passion, you know, to talk to people and be inspired and and hear people's voices and stories. But you know, so I teach English, so I know how hard it is. I mean, English itself is a really hard language, and mm -hmm. there's so many little things, little nuances and expressions. So, how did you learn English? <laughs> um, so I guess there's um. It's funny because um, when I came, I we learned little English, um, like in school, in high school. And what they taught us is British English. But of course, it's taught by a Chinese teacher. So basically, it's British pronunciation with Chinese accent. <laughs> what does that sound like? Uh, um, <laughs> looking forward to meet you I, I cannot really do it quite right but you know like you, you've evolved past that yeah and then there's like i would say tomato or how do you do um some basic phrases um and then the funny thing is in the so oh when i first came here i went to purdue for um graduate school to study computer science okay um so in the school there are inter other international students i remember i went to this like international student like dance party and there's this English guy and you know when I say tomato and it's oh my god where did you come from and <laughs> so I think you know I kind of I instantly clicked and I you know I um so we actually started dating and uh, so I think having somebody who speak English um that clicked with you and then like we speak more English that definitely helped um, but also the funny thing is because I had a roommate she was Chinese we were from the same hometown oh, but wow. because our um you know, like our schedules are different. Um, so she always complained to the other Chinese um, students about I disturb her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so m my boyfriend at the time did not like that, right? So one time um, I, we have the English as a second language t training for teaching assistant. So we're teaching assistant. Oh, right. Yeah. You're, you're, in, you're in a graduate position program yeah exactly oh, wow. so then okay. one of the assignment is like um you know come up with a phrase a phrase that sounds diff like the meaning is different than the um original how the words read mm -hmm. and then so she asked me and my boyfriend um they, and then the, the boyfriend gives a blow job <laughs> it's so mean but she didn't know i didn't know so i actually didn't know and then so she went to the class and she gave the phrase blow job and then <laughs> everybody just had the face palm and she was so embarrassed and she was pissed right so that started the war with me and the rest of the chinese students oh no they disowned me oh no they blamed you <laughs> they blamed me 
so so it kind of I was being isolated from the rest of the Chinese student, mm-hmm. but in a way that kind of pushed me. All right, I'm going to make friends with international students, with my American friends. They they were really really nice to me. Um, so that's kind of. But in the meantime, like as I ask question, I'm just like. Um, you know, at this point, I came here. I'm just going to be shameless and ask questions. Um, so I asked anything that I don't understand, and my friends got a little impatient. Oh, Urban Dictionary, but it's incredible. Urban Dictionary is like the I don't know. That's kind of where I learned most of my English. <laughs> um. That's awesome. You know, it's funny because you know, like like students that I have now, they're yeah. like, I really want to improve my English, and like. Other teachers will say, you know, date somebody, you know, (laughs) go meet up with people. I always tell them that they should, um, (laughs) I always tell them a couple things. I'm like, you should go to a place where people are speaking English and just pretend like you're doing something else and just listen to their conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But also I, I tell them, I was like, go and ask somebody a question that you already know the answer to, because then if you, you just practice asking the question and the answer is not important Oh, because then you can hear like somebody tell you like, Oh, go down that way. And you know, go straight ahead or go down this street, you know, like a little directions things. Like everybody has a map now, everybody's using Google maps or mm-hmm. whatever, but you know, I'm like, just go ask a question, but you already know the answer. That's so smart. I wish I knew that tip back then <laughs> <laughs> because I would be in conversation with my friend and um, um, sometimes I just really got lost and then it's a, uh, it's a hard, I just I want to go home, but I just like, okay, stay with it. And a lot of time I actually really did not know what they were talking about, but even picking up something like I, it's helpful. Um, it took a long time. <laughs> so, uh, so you, did you finish Purdue or did you change schools? How did you decide to, to stay and how did you end up in Seattle? Mm, um, I was in a PhD program, so oh, wow. um, I did not finish that. So I was, a, I am a PhD dropout, but I, um, I, once I remember, so in the middle, um, you can get a master's degree in between. And uh, I was applying for internship for the summer for Microsoft. And at the interview, my interviewer actually said, you know, you should also check that box for full time because it's the interview is actually easier. The reason his rationale was, um, you know, for intern, you only have three months. So we want to make sure the interview you can you can really deliver and then um, for three months period of time. But for time, we look more for potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so I checked that box. Um, they flew me to, you know, Seattle. I had they actually even did like an interview boot camp to teach you how to do interview but the position i applied for was the program management um and then they definitely want your english to be better um so i actually ended up didn't get that job but from my background they referred me to a different group which is xbox and they actually flew me back again wow uh, yeah yeah and then i um and i got that job so um then i gotta face the decision and it's a full-time position wow. right so do i just quit at this point and go to seattle or do i continue to do phd um, and then the time I just feel like I, I want to get out of Indiana. Um, I, I can, <laughs> Microsoft seems to be a, a good place to start my work. So I, um, yeah, I quit PhD. I got my master's degree and I moved to Seattle. Wow. So Indiana and Seattle. So those are the two places that you've actually lived in the U S or yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I'm, do you prefer Seattle? 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've actually never been to Seattle, but I imagine it to be a pretty cool place. I've definitely never been to Indiana. I'm from California. So like when we think about other states, we're like, they're over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, seriously, even though I like, you know, kind of educated and stuff, but uh, it's always like well, Indiana. It's a, I, I think I could find it on a map maybe. Um, sorry, Indiana. Uh, <laughs> but you've been to San Francisco before. This is not your first rodeo in San Francisco. Uh, no, a lot. I've been here a lot. San Francisco is one of my favorite cities. Um, and uh, I love it so much that I almost, almost moved here. But, uh, well, actually, just to say how serious I was, I got a job. That's why my cell phone is a 650. Samuel Teo, oh, Erico. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I actually moved out of my, um, my place. I got all packed up ready. I got a job offer. They gave me a relocation fee. And uh, so I st 